Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, and today we are joined by Amanda talking all about plateaus because I don't know about you, but plateaus always feel so discouraging and annoying and it's like, why isn't my hard work paying off? And so we're talking about how the answer to plateaus is not eating less and working out more, how there's two different plateaus that you might be running into, and what a true plateau looks like versus what normal results will look like. So I think that you'll really enjoy today's episode. And you'll notice in our conversation, we're talking about a habit tracker that Amanda uses. And if you are interested in getting this habit tracker, it is uploaded to our private Facebook group. The link to join is right down below. So come join us. It's free. You get this habit tracker. You get to watch all of the live interviews. You get to meet each other so much more. So come join. And I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. Today, we are joined by Amanda. She's a registered dietitian, and her passion and purpose is to empower others to break the all-or-nothing mindset and find sustainable change. I'm so excited that you're joining us today, Amanda. Yay! I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited that we connected. I've seen, you know, talk about overcoming plateaus, what happens when you plateau, all of that. So I was wondering if you could start us off with what does a plateau look like in health, fitness, weight loss, all of that? Yeah, this is super common. I mean, when you begin your weight loss journey or health and wellness journey, um, a lot of people, the expectation is it's going to be like a ski slope, you know, that you're just going to lose a pound every week. And in a year, you're going to be down 50 pounds. And unfortunately, it doesn't work like that for many reasons. And we'll talk about those today. You know, I like to start out by defining what a true plateau is, because I see so many, especially women give up on lifestyle change, because they're not seeing immediate results or they're not seeing consistent results. So what I tell my clients is a true plateau is no weight loss, no inches lost, and no change in body composition, i.e. percent body fat. Not two weeks, not three weeks, but four consecutive weeks. And a lot of people will, for example, start, you know, maybe January one, you go on a low carb diet and the first week you lose four pounds. And then the next week you lose one. And then the, the third week you lose none. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've hit a plateau. No, you haven't. Your body's just kind of adjusting to the rapid weight loss that you've already seen. Um, and for so many, the moment that they either their weight loss slows down, or if they have one week where they don't lose, they want to change everything. And it's probably the biggest dieting mistake that you can make is to be constantly changing the variables in which you're, you're looking to use to optimize your health. So number one, you really want to assess your progress in four week increments, you know, and you can't just rely on the scale. The scale is not your friend. Um, and, and so many women live or die by that momentum on the scale. Um, and what I see with my clients, I, I run a, a seven week program called lean. And in the first seven weeks, people lose a lot of weight, a lot of pounds. And then in the second seven weeks, they don't see the scale movement as much, but they lose a lot of inches. And if you're not focused on those changes in your measurement, you don't see those results. And so you get discouraged because you're only looking at one metric. So um, in order to prevent plateaus or in order to manage plateaus, I also think you need to be looking at multiple metrics um, with regards to weight 
inches and body composition. So I, I love photos, you know, comparison photos. A lot of times you may not feel like the scale doesn't show your progress. Maybe even the inches don't show your progress, but you look different. Um, and that's really what matters. So defining what a true plateau is, is, is number one. You know, when we look at plateaus, it's, it's a complicated issue. It's not just about eating less or exercising more. Um, the variables that I consider when I'm looking at a plateau include all of the following. And again, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, I mean, I've hit a plateau and I say, well, what have you been doing for the last four weeks? And they're like, well, I've, I've been doing a little of this and a little of that. Then I say, well, you've hit a plateau because you're not consistently doing something. So the first thing you have to, to look at is when you feel like you've hit a plateau is what's your consistency been the last four weeks? You know, if you were a hundred percent on for two weeks and then you went on vacation for two weeks and you've hit a plateau, well, you, I mean, there's nothing to change. You need to focus on your consistency. So you want to be able to look at the things that you're manipulating in your lifestyle and you want to make sure that they're consistent. Um, I'm all about progress over perfection. I live the 80-20 lifestyle. I preach the 80-20 lifestyle because nobody's perfect and you don't have to be perfect to be successful. So that's the first thing I'm going to look at. Um, if they come to me and say, I've hit a plateau and they're not doing things consistently, then I say, number one, we need to be consistent for the next four weeks. Now, if you come and you are consistently doing certain things, then we'll kind of look at those metrics, metrics and, and see what we need to change. I always start with the things that people don't consider the most. For example, sleep. How's your sleep? You know, people don't realize the, the impact that poor sleep has on weight loss and quality of health, especially as we age. And when you look like a young buck, I don't know, I'm 43 years old. I don't know how, how old you are. But as we age, recovery, sleep, stress management become way more important than, you know, food intake. So if I have a client that's like doing all the right things, but they're sleeping like crap, they're, you know, not getting quality sleep, they're not getting enough, then I'm going to say, we need to focus on that first and foremost. Um, so I'll look at sleep. I'll look at stress management. What's your cortisol like? You know, are you over exercising? I see that so much with clients that are over exercising and under eating. Okay. 1200 calories. And, you know, working out seven days a week, it, you will not see results, okay? Because that creates a cortisol issue. There are two fat-storing hormones in the body, insulin and cortisol. I um, mean, when those are out of whack, you cannot metabolize fat. So we'll look at that. Are you over-exercising? Is your stress out of control? You know, are you not using appropriate stress mechanisms? So that would be number two, sleep, stress. And then number three, I'm going to start looking at kind of like your dietary choices. You know, you're, um, I'm very heavy on macronutrients. Um, I run a macro-based program. Macronutrients is short for, well, macro is short for macronutrients, which are carbohydrates, proteins, fats. Um, and I don't know, do you, do you guys know what the fourth macronutrient is? Is that the alcohol? It is the alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol is the fourth macronutrient. Um, so I, we focus more on macronutrient management versus caloric intake because it's not about calories in versus calories out. So um, the first thing that I'll focus on is, are you maximizing your protein intake? Protein is the most important macronutrient 
for weight loss and appropriate consumption on a daily basis. Protein is the only macronutrient that we must consume on a daily basis because we don't have adequate protein stores. We have plenty of carbohydrate stores. We have plenty of fat stores, um, but we don't have adequate protein stores. When we don't fuel our body with enough protein, it shuts down fat metabolism in order to go seek out the protein in which the body needs. And it gets protein from our muscles and tissues. Um, and so that defeats the purpose. So I would say 95% of the time when I have a client reach out to me that's hitting a plateau and I look back at their average of their macro intake, they're not hitting their protein. As much as I say it until I'm blue in my face, they're not listening. So, and I'm very conservative about my macronutrient splits, my protein goals, because I'm not an advocate of a high protein diet. I think overconsumption of protein um, does is not good for your overall health. Um, so it's kind of like finding that sweet spot. So most of the time it's about optimizing your protein intake. So we look at that. Then it's, then next we'll kind of look at, you know, your caloric consumption because there is so much research out that says it doesn't matter if you do low carb or you do low fat. It's all about your protein and your calories. Okay. So you have to find the lifestyle that fits for you. If you love a low carb lifestyle, perfect, crush it. Okay. If you love a, a, a low fat lifestyle, perfect, crush it. You know, you've got to find what works for you. I like to be in the middle. I do a lot of like carb cycling. Um, that's just is what works best for me. It's what I use with my clients. But um, so sometimes we get overwhelmed with matching everything up, calories, fats, carbs, protein. Like your macros are never going to be perfect. So if you focus on optimizing protein and you focus on appropriate caloric intake, then you see great results. So if you hit a plateau and you're eating like 1300 calories, 1200 calories, maybe even 1400 calories, like if you're five, eight, you shouldn't be eating 1400 calories. Okay. So if you're on that really low number, I can't tell you to eat less. Like it, it is not going to be beneficial for me to say, okay, well, you need to drop to a thousand calories. Like that's dumb. So what you've done is you've created a, a, a body that's metabolically responsive to 1200 calories. All right. So in order to break through that plateau, if it's really a caloric issue, you have to reverse diet. So you've got to shift your mindset from weight loss to weight maintenance, and you've got to work on building back your metabolism. Um, and so basically what we do with that client is um, they're at 1200 calories. Um, and so we take them to 1300 calories and we create these, um, what I call red light numbers, you know, so it's like, if you currently weigh 160, okay, maybe your goal is 140, but you've hit a plateau, you can't lose weight, and you're at 160, and you're eating 1,200 calories, and we've got to implement reverse dieting, then your red light number is 163. So we bump you up to 1,300 calories. We weigh every other day. The minute you hit 163, we bump you down to 1,200 calories, all right? And then we get you back down to 160. And then once you're back at 160, we go back up to 1300 calories. Okay. And it's, it's, it's a little challenging because you got to play this back and forth game, but what should happen is let's say the first time you go up to 1300 calories, it might take five days to get to 163. 
Okay. Then you go back down to, to 14, 1300, 1200, whatever. I forgot my numbers. Um, and it should take you two to three days to get back to 160. Okay. Then you go back up to 1300 and it should take you 10 days to get to 163. And then you go back down to 1200. It should take you two to three days to get back down to 160. And then you go back up to 1300 and it should take you 15 days to get to 163. So that's your body slowly adapting to a higher caloric value. And eventually you're going to be at one at 1300 and you're going to stop gaining. And then when we get to that, what do we do? We play the same dance with 1400 um, and we go back and forth. So typically with the reverse dieting, it can take anywhere from three to six months. That That's why I stress to my followers and my clients so much, do not under eat to start with. Like do not start your macros with 1200 calories. Like you are just setting yourself up to hit a plateau much quicker. Because if I have a client at 1800 calories that hits a plateau, I take them to 17. Like it's an easy fix. We go to 17, then you start losing again. Like we've got a lot of room to work with. If you, you know, have 50 pounds to lose and you automatically start at 1200, you're going to hit a plateau and you're going to have to spend half your time working on reverse dieting because you started too low. And it's like, you can't, it's like the message you can't get across, especially to women, you know, they all want to eat 1200 calories. Um, so you play this dance and, and I have a great example. I have a, a one-on-one client who came to me eating 1200 calories a day, um, doing 20,000 steps a day, doing one to two cardio workouts a day. I mean, basically, and, and me wanted to lose 10 pounds and she couldn't lose weight. Um, and the whole, you know, theory of calories in versus calories out, she should be like basically 80 pounds. But what she was doing is, is basically her cortisol was through the roof. Like she was under eating over exercising. So for the first eight weeks, she wouldn't listen to me. Like she wanted to pay me all this money, but she didn't want to do what I told her to do. And so finally, you know, she's bitching and moaning. I'm not making progress. And I said, well, I'm going to fire you unless you do what I tell you to do. And she's like, okay, well, I don't want you to fire me. So I'm finally going to buy into your recommendation. So we started reverse dieting. Okay. And four months later, it took a while. We've gotten her up to 1,700 calories a day. She's walking 10,000 steps a day. She's cut out the cardio, increased the strength training, and she's lost five pounds, okay? And and now, and here's the deal. Like, I get excited because she's like, you know, sometimes she'll get a little frustrated about progress. And I'm like, listen, we're at 1,700 calories. Like, if you want to drop down to 1,300 calories again, go back in a deficit, you're going to melt away. But then she's like, I can't imagine eating 1300 calories again. Like, I don't know how I survived on that, on that little food. And I'm like, no, no lie. Yeah. So now she's enjoying it more working out less and actually getting the results that she wanted. Yes. It's crazy. So, you know, plateaus are, are very tricky and they're very individual, you know, beyond the food, the macronutrients, um, the reverse dieting, the, the last thing that I would look at would be exercise. Um, women love to burn calories on their Apple watch and we dictate the quality of our workouts based on that. And so we tend to lean towards cardio, cardiovascular workouts. Like we want to run and we want to spin and we want to elliptical and we want to, you know, do all those things that burn all the calories in reality they're really crappy weight loss exercise. You know, they're really good for your cardiovascular health, 
but they're not great for weight loss. That's why I work with so many marathon runners that are overweight. They can't lose weight. I mean, you think if you're running 30 miles a week, you should melt away, but no, they don't because cardio is such a crappy weight loss form of, of, of weight loss exercise. So the last thing is like, what's your percent body fat? You know, are you skinny fat? Meaning you only have 10 pounds to lose, but you're, you know, um, 40% body fat. And so you have a really crappy metabolism or, you know, are you doing pretty good? I like to see my clients under 30% body fat. Um, so a lot of times it's about, you know, okay, just like my one-on-one clients, I got her away from the spin bike. I got her doing the work, the, the strength workouts, building lean muscle mass so um, that your metabolic rate is higher. You know, when you carry more muscle, you burn more calories um, and that's going to help you manage your weight. and It's going to help you lose weight. And as we age, um, one of the reasons why our metabolism reduces is because of muscle loss. So anytime that you can work to maximize that muscle retention is a really powerful thing. Yeah. Well, I really like with these four things that you mentioned, really changing what you're doing didn't come until number three and number four of like looking at your diet and looking at the exercise, because to bring it back to number one, you almost have two plateaus. You have a plateau of results, but you also have a plateau of your effort, right? You're talking about the consistency. So it's like, okay, well, look at what actually plateaued. Is it what you're doing or is it what you're seeing? Yeah. And I love that you brought that up. You know, one of the things that um, I really encourage my clients to use is a habit tracker. Uh, and I know it's kind of hard to see, but at the end of the day, you're exactly right. You know, we can get to the end of a month and say, man, I totally busted my ass this month and I saw zero results. But did you really, you know, can you really quantify? I mean, sometimes you can be like, yes, I was like perfect all month long. But what I love about this type of exercise is, is the goal is to, you know, write out what are the small things that matter the most to your progress in your health? Um, what are the things you know you need to do consistently to see progress? And then keep yourself accountable, you know, each day. Yes, I got my 80 ounces of water. Yes, I hit my protein goal. Yes, I took my vitamins. I got a workout in. I did 10,000 steps. I didn't eat after 8 p.m. I, you know, no alcohol. So like, for example, I put no alcohol here. Well, I mean, it, my goal is not to drink no alcohol. My goal is to drink no alcohol 80% of the time. So then you can get to the end of your month and you can actually quantify your effort. Okay. So I can look at my habits and I can see that, you know, there are one, two, um, three habits that I got over 90% effort. Awesome. There are one, two, three habits that I got over 87% effort. Awesome. Like, remember my goal is 80%, but I had, uh, one, two habits that I got on that. I got 70%. I got one habit that I got 60% and I got one habit that I got 20%. So if I get to the end of the month and I had great results, well, then I know that this effort created those results. But if I get to the end of the month and I'm not happy with my results, then I know here's one that I got 16%, no eating out. That's my issue. My issue is not my macros. It's not my exercise. It's not my water intake. It's that I'm eating out too much. 
You know, what's the other one? Um, TV off at 11. So that that's about the impact of my sleep. So again, my issue is not that I'm, you know, snacking too much or it's, it's those two things. So then the next month I can say, you know what, I need to, I need to focus on those two things. So, you know, it's, again, it is one thing to look at and say, oh yeah, I'm putting in all the effort, but you know, if you're living your best life Friday and Saturday, every week, it's not 80% effort, you know, that's more like 60% effort. Yeah. And what I love about that habit tracker too, is going back to that client who, you know, their one solution is, oh, I'm not seeing anything. Let me work out more. I'm not seeing anything. Let me eat less. And repeating that you actually have other options that you're looking at. And you're like, actually, no, I hit 80% of my workouts. So that's probably not it. Exactly. Yes. And I think we always focus on the, the, you know, exercise more, eat less. That's what we always think it is. And in reality, it could be just your sleep patterns, you know, making that one shift is what changes everything. And I think that that's why everyone's, I think things like that are why everyone's always looking for the latest and greatest quick fix, you know, is that they think that it is this magic food intake. It is this magic exercise program. When in reality, it's probably more about your consistency, you know, with healthy eating activity and a lot of other factors that you're not thinking about, you know, um, that are holding you back. Yeah. So we talked about how you can manage plateaus if you come across them, but is plateau still something that's normal or is it coming across because our goals are too big? Like, how would you approach that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good question. You know, um, I think one thing you do have to look at is, are your goals realistic? You know? Um, I would love to weigh 120 pounds because that's what I weighed when I got married. But guess what? That ain't never happening. You know, um, that was maybe a realistic goal when I was 22, 23. But now that I'm 43, it's just not going to happen. You know, it's not a realistic goal. I mean, if I'm sitting at like 22% body fat at 140, there's no way I'm going to be healthy losing another 20 pounds. Like I don't have that fat mass to lose. So I do think, you know, recognizing realistic goals is really important. Um, you know, a lot of people ask, well, what's my ideal body weight? You know, what should I be working towards? And my response is, you know, your ideal body weight is a weight in which you feel your best. You know, it's not a number on a chart. Um, if you do want to be like, well, what's the healthiest? You know, I mean, I feel really good at 250. And I'm like, okay, well, good. That's good. And, but if you're like, but is that healthy? Well, if you're 250 and your percent body fat's under 30%, yeah, super healthy. Like you're good, you know? But so I, I like to look at percent body fat if people really want that kind of measure of like, well, I want to be healthy. Okay. For women, we should be under 30% body fat. And, and the thing about percent body fat is, you know, people, a lot of people will look at me and go, oh, well, you're 12% body fat. No, I'm not. You know, women have this unhealthy idea that we should be 12% body fat. They're, no, we shouldn't. Uh-uh. We are designed to carry more fat. And below 30 is very healthy. Below 25 is, is amazing. Below 20 is nearly impossible to sustain, nearly impossible to sustain. So yeah, I think, you know, recognizing are your goals realistic is, um, you know, for sure, number one. And then, you know, with regards to, is it a, 
true plateau. Again, I think it comes back to effort. You know, I mean, I think that a lot of people want to make changes when they're not doing the work, you know? Um, And so it's more about, there's nothing to change, but you being more consistent. Yeah, no, I love that. And that kind of brought you back to at the beginning too, of what is the plateau if you're not seeing change on the scale, like that's fine. There's still the other things to measure and that might be where you need to focus anyways, instead of the scale. Um, So thank you so much for this conversation. Is there any one last piece of advice that you'd love to leave everyone with? You know, there's a couple of things. My biggest thing is, is that I have found over the last 20 years working in the weight loss industry, that it is the all or nothing mindset that ruins everybody. It is the thinking you have to be perfect to be successful and thinking you have to be perfect to make an impact on your health. um, Because in reality, you don't. And I feel like when people are stuck in that all or nothing mindset, it leads, you give up easier. You know, you you allow yourself to say, oh, well, you know, I had, I, I, you know, I caved into those office donuts this morning. So might as well have nachos for lunch and pizza and beer for dinner because I've already blown it and I'll start fresh tomorrow. And if it's Friday, then it turns into might as well just eat whatever I want all weekend and start fresh on Monday. And what we have to realize is that, you know, one morning of donuts does not make or break your progress. It's what you do after a morning of donuts that potentially will. So when we focus more on breaking the all or nothing mindset, when we focus on seeing the power of doing something versus nothing, and we learn the ability to reset immediately is when the real change begins. Yes, I love that because I know that I've lived in the all or nothing mindset before. So we all do. Yes. Thank you for that great advice. Where can people find out more about you, your programs, all of that? You follow me on social media. I'm really active on Instagram, Amanda Nybert. It's night without the T B E R T R D. Um, check out my website, but yeah, Instagram is like the best way to check me out. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast, at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.